Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. My name is Doug and I love Mondays. This is Doug Loves Movies coming to you uh, near the end of this most violent year with another Homes Alone edition. It's Sunday, December 13th, 2020. And my guests today are Vanessa Guerrero, Joe Lynch, and Taylor Morden. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Let's meet them individually and alphabetically, starting with comedian, writer, First-time guest, Vanessa Guerrero is here. Hello, Vanessa. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I am excited to have you here. I've been enjoying your tweets, and <laughs> I uh, like your how in your bio, you're a self-described horror dork. Big one, uh, yeah. big old horror dork. And you have a podcast about uh, horror and martial arts movies called, appropriately enough, Kicking and Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah uh we actually came up with the name before the podcast uh we were just like standing in line at trader joe's waiting to go in we're like oh kicking and screaming that sounds like a fun thing for horror and martial arts and then we just came up with everything after it because we liked the name uh but it it works uh there are two genres that i really love but for some reason the fan bases tend to be kind of separate from each other um even though people like them for the same reasons so we make horror and martial arts double features so if you like one you'll probably like the other i love it and you, so Thank you. Each, each episode is like every week you give a new double feature for people to watch 
Yeah, we make a new double feature. We'll like title it based on like what would be on the marquee um, so that it feels like you're going to a double feature. So like uh, we had one where it was maniac cop and police story. So that was like the bad cop, worst cop double feature. Um, and then some the, whatever guest it is or if it's just the two of us, we'll also come up with like what you would have at concessions. It's usually like ridiculous and not food uh and if it's a guest they come in with a pick and we'll try and come up with like a counter for what we think works and it works like 80 percent of the time sometimes people come in with like a movie that is so bad shit we have a little bit of a difficult time trying to pair it but it usually does yeah i mean that's the great thing about horror and martial arts is they are two of the more bad shit uh, genres yeah <laughs> so you're gonna get some pretty crazy stuff well, uh, I'm excited about your podcast and excited to have you here on my podcast. Also joining us, uh, another uh, a returning guest. I shouldn't say another because it's Vanessa's first time. Uh, writer, director, actor, producer. He wears all the hats. It's our friend Joe Lynch. Hey, Joe. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a little starstruck because I didn't realize that the Vanessa Guerrero was going to be on. <laughs> Because uh, I have also been a fan of uh, your tweets, uh, also your hair color. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And I like it's so funny because I just discovered uh, the Kicking and Screaming podcast before. I think you had tweeted it out a, like a couple weeks ago. And it's one of those genius ideas. But the, the first thing I always wanted to ask you about was, has there been a movie where you went, it could be both? Yeah, we actually just had one that we're going to have on an upcoming episode that is 100% both. Um, and it's Blood Moon. Um, oh I hadn't heard of it before. Have you heard of Blood Moon? Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So God, it's actually fucking perfect. It's perfect. My my <laughs> husband's obsessed with that movie and he was like, I think this one is like both kicking and screaming. And I watched it last night and it is a slasher martial arts movie that I am fucking obsessed with. And it is the first one we've had that is 100% both. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Subscribed. <laughs> Thank you. you. Well, Joe, when you ask that question, because often when somebody asks a question like that, they also have an answer ready to go. Yeah. Do you have a suggestion for a movie that's both horror and martial arts? Funny you should ask, guys. <laughs> uh, I just happen to have a film that uh, is also a Christmas movie. It's also Die Hard in a Room, but it also has martial arts and horror stuff. It's uh, my 2013 film, Everly. So there you go. Oh, okay. oh, hell yes. I just totally plugged myself, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's Doug Loves Movies. Yeah, I thought but, you were going to be altruistic and name some, somebody else's work, but... Uh, why? It's all good. Man. It's 2020. We're all going down in a ball of flames. I might as well like get that seven cents residual. Um, no, you know what's right. funny? Uh, what what would like? Because I'm so fascinated about that concept. Sorry, Doug. Uh, <laughs> but like, oh man, now I'm like really having a hard time trying to think of something like that wouldn't be like a Chinese ghost story. I mean, there's also one that we had that was kind of both, which is Encounters of the Spooky Kind, um, which is like kind of ghost story, but has some other horror, horror elements, too. And it's a Sammo Hung uh, Kung Fu vampire ghost story movie. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, it It's one of the most insane endings I've ever seen in any movie in my entire life in which Sammo Hung. Um, I'm not giving any context because there shouldn't be. You just need to find out why. Uh but punches a woman into the sky. Uh, it's 
one of my favorite things I've ever seen, and it's kind of both. And also, I'm hella starstruck, too, because I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> you know who I'm a huge fan of, though, Vanessa? Yeah. Taylor Morden. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Massive. Yeah. Joe's also super into segues. <laughs> I'm sitting going, oh my God, Taylor must be like, I'm done. Like, this is bullshit. Like, why the hell am I even talking here? But these two knuckleheads are just going back and forth. I had no clue that Doug did the last blockbuster. That's fucking awesome, true. dude. It's true. I, I, am in, I am in the motion picture that this gentleman uh, directed. It's a documentary called, as uh, Joe said, uh, The Last Blockbuster, and it's uh, in theaters and VOD and all that stuff on December 15th, which is Tuesday, and his name is Taylor Morden. Hello. Yay! Taylor. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Uh, this is, is fun. Is there anybody in particular you'd like to geek out on? Uh, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I My mean, movie these... has, has uh, Blockbuster in it, which has kung fu and horror movies inside of it. Yeah. That's kind of all-encompassing. That is very true. I worked at a Blockbuster for two summers. It was... There you go. Awesome. So jealous of that. Me too. Do they <laughs> hire extra people there in the summer, or did you just... Uh, you were just such a good potential employee that they were like, you could just work your summers. I was the, I was employee of the month for three months in a row the first year because, <laughs> well, the thing is most of the people who worked at Blockbusters when Blockbusters started, and I mean, you can probably get this and more in the block, block, last Blockbuster uh, documentary, but like in my town, we lived on the mom and pop video stores and then slowly but surely all the Blockbusters started showing up and because most people who went to mom and pop video stores wanted new releases and most of those new releases were out. They'd go to the Blockbuster, which had that entire surrounding wall with new releases. And then there was no one getting the library films. So my, the, like the greatest joy in the world is to like to stand there with my stupid blue shirt. And when someone would come and be like, do you have casino? I want the two. And they would like, you know, wait there for an hour standing by the returns, waiting for that double cassette to come in. And it wouldn't. And then you'd be like, can I interest you in mean streets? And you know what? Mo like most time you'd be able to like get them into the center of the room. They usually came back really happy. So like the fact, just the fact that I was pushing like, you oh, sorry, Happy Gilmore isn't in. Do you like Sleeper? Do you like Woody Allen movies? And push that. <laughs> they were thrilled. So yeah, sorry. I like that's. I just. I'm so excited for this doc because Blockbuster was so much a part of so many people's lives, and now that it's like gone, like it's it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. You have to uh, go to Bend, Oregon, and check out the last Blockbuster. It's a really uh, it's an unusual experience. I, I did it, and that's what happens in the movie is there's a sequence where I'm uh, just sort of losing my mind over the fact that it's such a, oh, you know, it's almost like walking into a museum that just happens to, you know, be all, all the displays are blockbuster video. Uh, <laughs> it, it just brings you back to any video store that you ever went to. Yeah and just walked up and down the house. Now we just scroll through the streaming services. Instead, we, you know, walk up and down the house for, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you go, let's go pick up a movie, especially if it's two people, a friend or a girlfriend mm -hmm. or something. Uh, and then you're, you're standing around uh, trying to figure out which one to watch for, you know, for the longest time. 
So how did you, Taylor, how did the idea to have a documentary about the one and only blockbuster in existence, how did that uh, come to be? Well, I was here in Bend, Oregon. I had moved here and you drive around this town long enough and you see that big sign, you know, the big blue blockbuster sign that we're all so familiar with. And I would see it and I would just assume that it was just still up, you know, like it's more expensive to take the sign down because I, I knew for sure all the blockbusters were closed. But um, probably six months later, it dawned on me to just stop and see what it is, like maybe peek in the window and see the old abandoned racks. But turns out it was still open, had all the new releases. It felt the same. It looked the same. It smelled the same in there. It was as if no one had told them that Blockbuster went out of business and they were just kept right on going. Um, and I had just finished uh, my first documentary at that time. So I fancied myself a documentary filmmaker. And I just asked the manager, Sandy, would it be okay if I start bringing cameras over and film? And no one had ever asked her that. There were still about 12 stores left at that time. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the last blockbuster yet, but uh, she was okay with it kind of reluctantly. And I just started filming, you know, I'd go in once a week and see what was happening, talk to the customers. And then over the course of the last almost four years, slowly they went from 12 stores down to just one while we were there filming. So it kind of just worked out for us. I mean, there's so many, you know, video I mean, documentaries out there that gave up because they didn't end up being the last one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what, you know what? Errol Morris was in, in Pacoima at that blockbuster and you really dashed his dreams. Good job. <laughs> Exactly. It makes my heart so happy to know that I can like still smell a blockbuster if I wanted to. Yep. Uh, Cause my heart aches for like the smell of like carpet glue and mm -hmm. like VHS dust the way that a blockbuster had. And, and the prepackaged pop popcorn, like yes! mm -hmm. a distinct yeah. smell. Uh, and you know, funny enough, Hollywood video smell like piss. It always did. Why? Everyone in the country, every Hollywood video always distinctly was like very purple and smelled like piss. Yeah. Well, Bend is such a beautiful city. Like it's it's so fun to visit because it's it really is like a vacation. You know, it's like a destination city. It's so beautiful. And, I'm you know, in the winter, it's got snow in the summer. It's just, uh, you know, the uh, you know, beautiful weather. It doesn't get that hot there. And um so I had a, you know, a great time just visiting Bend. And then just when you go to the strip mall where Blockbuster is, it looks like anywhere in America, it just looks like a strip mall that has a Blockbuster. So you get the best of both worlds uh, or two worlds if you go there. And so now the movie comes out on all the platforms on uh, Tuesday. And um, is the Blockbuster in Bend, are they... What, what are they doing during COVID? Are they just open and people just kind of scoot in and scoot out? Yeah. So they're at reduced capacity right now. Masks are required. It's one way lanes. So, you know, you have to go down the comedy aisle this way and the horror aisle the other way. Um, so people don't get too close, but um, a lot of people now are calling and what you can do is you call and you get one of these teenage video store clerks to go browse for you and they'll pick the movie out and bring it to your car. They do curbside movie pickup. Cool. It's pretty cool. Fuck, it's like a Sonic, but for videos. Oh it is. 
That's the, I'm sorry, but like, that's the, I would drop everything to work that job for six months. And if they can pay the DGA residuals that I need for my health insurance, that's totally fine. But to be able, like, that's what I miss about even just going to video stores. I used to love, I was that fat little geek who would be by the returns waiting for Eric the Viking. And there would be somebody (laughs) there who's just like dying for screen two. And I'd, you know, be waiting to hear and see if, you know, they're, they're actually worth the time. And then you go, can I interest you in Friday the 13th part four? It's right over there. Check out, you know, like, and there was so much, it was so much fun to be able to watch. It's the final chapter. (laughs) <laughs> and then, they, and then, they, then they look right over to the next box and they see the new beginning and they're like, wait a second, that kid's lying to me. But that kind of like homegrown curation, you know, like everyone professes like, but you just go on a message board or look at film Twitter and see what everybody's talking about. It's not the same, you know, and even just down to how box art was so huge and it created a whole genre of like artists who made these amazingly like misleading box art where you go, oh my God, Mark Singer, is that ripped? Then you see the Beastmaster and you go, eh, kind of, sort of, sure, you know, but now like, and, and I'm sure you guys, you know, like Taylor, you probably had to deal with this in a way, like when you go on VOD, what's the best thumbnail that's going to look good on Apple TV or iTunes? It's not the same. No one's going to make that same kind of art because it wasn't where you could actually pick the box up, look at it and go, yeah, I'm in, you know, oh, yeah. that. right. that's, that's a, but you know, that's one of the heartbreaking things about how the times have changed is, you know, both for someone who loved just going into a video store, but also working there. I also worked at a mom and pop called 112 video. And, uh, and again, it was so much fun to like steer people into watching movies. They would normally never watch just because they were going for the flavor of the week, you know? Um, yeah, I miss it, man. So last blockbuster covers not only the you know existing last blockbuster but also just the history of blockbuster why all the blockbusters went away and um, you have uh, I I could try to name a few of the people that are in it but you you probably have it more handy in your mind uh, who, who the folks are that you talk to in the film uh, you know c- celebrity wise yeah and you don't mean the employees at blockbuster like Ryan. And Dan. Well, Ryan is pretty cool. I, I, I had a good time with Ryan. But uh, uh, I'll start. Kevin Smith. Doug Benson. <laughs> Ron Punches. Brian Posehn. Uh, Paul Shear. Sam Levine. Oh, I was going to say Sam Levine. I know. Ione Sky. <laughs> yeah, Ione Sky. I, I love it. You got all these cool people uh, to talk uh, about their uh, memories of the of going to Blockbuster and everybody can see it starting on uh, Tuesday. Yes, wherever you rent movies. And if you're in Bend, you can rent it at Blockbuster. Oh, that's so dope. <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go all the way up there and rent it and then, and then don't bring it back. Right, <laughs> they'll never find you. Classic Blockbuster move. Uh, you can uh, you can order it from there, and the little the teenagers that work there will package it up, and when it comes to your house, it may still smell like Blockbuster. So, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do that. that blockbuster scent. Um, speaking of uh, scents and noticing them, dogs have a good sense of smell, and the reason that they <laughs> asked 
Joe Lynch to be on this particular episode of Douglas. Oh, the master of segues is taking back the throne. It's the last chance for him to, at least, you know, through my show, promote an uh, upcoming event that happens every December that I'm very proud to have uh, participated in and will participate in again this year. Uh, it's the Yorkie-thon. Yes. Yes, Yorkie-thon five. We've we've hit the five stride. It's like we're, we're in the new beginning era. You know, last year we thought it was the final chapter. And this year we're, we're, we're back. But yes, uh, Doug, Doug has been such a huge, you know, part of this, uh, so much so that we actually dedicated uh, the office bathroom to him. It is the official Doug Benson commemorative restroom. Uh, yeah, but it a, says in memoriam, which is not cool. <laughs> that was, okay, to be fair, to be fair, that was things remembered fucked that one up, you know? I think, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure. Uh, but no, yes, uh, Yorkie-thon, uh, it's uh, an annual event that Adam Green, fellow filmmaker, uh, and I do. We have a podcast called The Movie Crypt, and every year, because uh, Adam has a very, very special relationship with his Yorkie, Arwen, uh, who's actually a, a co-host of the show, um, we do this event where we stay up for 48 hours straight. I don't know who made up these fucking stupid rules, but <laughs> that's what we thought of that one night playing Battleship going, what could we do to save the dogs? Let's stay up for 48 hours live straight through, try to, and, and stay awake. And then that's where I came up with this dumb quote that Adam says all the time. Uh, we're staying awake so that they don't get put to sleep. And as of this, like the last four years that we've done it and we've had guests on musical acts, we do commentaries, it's been on multiple times. In fact, was listening to the show uh, I think it was like the first year you were involved, Doug, and we had like a couple hours later had a, a live commentary of Dawn of the Dead with uh, the guy who gets the screwdriver in the ear, John Harrison, who went on to direct many things, uh, Pasquale Buba, the editor, and his brother Tony, who were two of the bikers. And now Pasquale Buba, sorry if we're going to get nerdy here, um, is one of George Romero's editors. He also edited Michael Mann's fucking Heat. So that's how cool this dude is. And they came at, at like seven in the morning or eight in the morning to sit down with us and watch Dawn of the Dead, which is arguably in the top three movies for me of all time. So it's going on and I, my mind is blowing. I've also been up for 34 hours at that point. So I really was in a lucid state. And, and Doug is on Twitter, like supporting the show and talking about us. But then he texts me, he goes, is this really fucking happening? I'm like, yes. He's like, I'll be there in 20. And fucking Doug shows up and just sits there and watches these guys talk about Dawn of the Dead with us. It was amazing. So, Doug, thank you so much for being part of this. And uh, this year is, you know, it's going to be challenging because we're doing everything on Zoom. I'm sure, like, I got to be honest, you know, I've done this show a couple of times. And part of the fun of it is feeding off of you and the other guests in, in person and the crowd and everything. So, you know, this year we're doing it Zoom, so it's going to be different. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we're still going to save dogs. Um, over the years, we've done, uh, at, at this point, we've made over $100,000, which is wheelbarrows and wheelbarrows of Yorkies that have been saved. And, uh, and hopefully we do it again this year. So, uh, and shameless plug here, uh, go to aeriscope.com, uh, look up the Yorkie-thon, and it starts this Friday at 5 p.m., December 18th, and we are going to stay live for 48 hours straight until Sunday, the 20th at 5 p.m. Whatever comes out of our mouths, I am very sorry. Like, and believe me, there have been times where I'm getting texts going, 
you didn't just fucking say that, did you? I'm like, I thought I said cucumber. Like, I have no <laughs> You really do go fucking crazy after two days of being awake and having to talk the entire time. As you can tell, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Uh, but, but doing it and then and then just continuing that and then having people like, you know, Doug supporting us and keeping us awake, it helps so much. You know, like we had people like, uh, like Bobcat shows up at the end of last year, just to kind of like smack us, you know, smack us awake or Tom Lennon, you know, like last year just like showed up and he's like, you're really, this is, I thought you guys start push like play on a, like a pre-recorded thing by now and be dead. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be exciting. Please tune in. And uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up now. I'll bring my, you know, I'll bring my patented, excited stoner energy to the show. You are the one guest who's actually braving the pandemic and showing up. And we have a special Doug Benson, like VIP section just for you. So it's completely safe, you know, quarantine friendly and, you know, You'll, hey, if I'm it. outside and, you've got, and I've got a mask on and you're six feet from me, I'm 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 good. That's exactly <laughs> what we have. We have a little stool. Uh, it's going to be great, you know, with a, with a great internet connection and uh, and yeah, and it'll be great because that's going to be because usually it's we would have anywhere from like twenty to thirty guests who are all like coming in and coming out. It was just this constant. Um, like it was like Grand Central Station at times with just people coming in and out. And what's crazy is that like again as a geek. When you sit there and you go, wait a second, like there's the director of Candyman and he just passed by the director of Phantasm and they never met before and there they are hugging, holy fuck, what's going on? You know, it's like that kind of weird shit just kind of happens over the course of the weekend. So you never know what you're going to, what's going to happen. And uh, yeah. yeah. It, it and after those, after those two met, that's when uh, Phantasm Man was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. That would be, that's the kind of mashup that we need right now. Don't say it three times. Um, I want to do a quick box office report because I'm trying to support what little theaters are open in mm -hmm. North America. And of course, uh, the drive-ins. I mean, who would have ever predicted a resurgence in drive-ins because of a pandemic? The drive-in will never die. Yeah, it really is uh, here to stay. Now everyone can stay safe in their cars. I've been to two or three drive-in uh, movies since this started and uh, even like movie premieres and stuff. Yeah. We had our, we had our blockbuster premiere at a drive-in. No way. That's so That's rad. Crazy. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Which one was it? Was it here in LA? No, no, it was here in, here in Bend mm. for the oh, Bend no people. Yeah. They did a, a pop-up drive-in over the summer, but it was pretty legit. And they showed a handful of movies, but I think ours was the only world premiere. Wow. Dude, oh, that's, that's so dope. Great. I didn't predict how emotional I would be the first time I went to a drive-in in the pandemic and like hear the other cars honking because I really missed like the communal movie experience. Yep. To be fair, I was also on an edible, so I was just like really emotional. <laughs> I cried a bunch. Uh, but like I've gotten to so many since then. And every time I hear the other cars honking, I'm like, fuck, that's what I miss about being yeah. in a theater so much. Flashing your lights and honking your horns and... Like I had done um, a movie called Chillerama where we, cause I grew up at the drive-in, you know, like my first drive-in was Beastmaster in the black hole. And it's like, <laughs> and Beastmaster played after black hole again, you know, like that's one of the benefits you get with the drive-in. They just keep playing shit. And, you know, before I, we had gone, you know, casually to the drive-in, either the Vineland theater here in LA or the Mission Tiki. And then when the pandemic hit, like maybe a, a month later, they started up again and it was all repertory movies like, 
Gremlins and Stand By Me and Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was like, wait, there's a silver lining here for us dorks out there who were like, who need that communal experience any way they can get. And, you know, for anybody who was in LA, I don't know, Vanessa, if you went to any of these, I think Doug, you did like the, the Beyond Fest. American oh, I went to all of them. I went to pretty much every one. So we were probably passing each other and we didn't even know because I wanted oh, to yeah. <laughs> But that that moment when the, the thing comes on and says, please don't honk your horns. And of course, everybody's fucking honking their horns. You know, you can't not honk your horn when Keith David's name comes up during the thing. Yeah. Sorry. You know, like, I, I, like it's a it's our duty to like honk when Gina Davis blows away Jeff Goldblum's head at the end of the fly. You know, that's it's part of that experience that like, I hawk when he takes his shirt off for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> he is pretty buff. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's got that good tan oily chest. So thank oh. God, because it wasn't the crazy uh, the Mission Tiki was almost going to close. Yeah, that's nuts. So hopefully there's no like voodoo doll in the back of their Tiki office where they're like, please come up with some way for the drive in to not get, go under and. Well, 2020 happened, so. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been a boon to drive-ins, and all, you know, because also the premieres and stuff that I've been to have been like, you know, they just rent the drive-in, so then the drive-in doesn't even have to worry about selling tickets, you know? They could just uh, host the event. But um, it's a mix right now, the top five uh, at the box office this weekend, because it is mostly from figures from... Uh, drive-ins the, the kids really drive which, which movies do the best so of course the crudes is uh, still number one at the box office with three reporting three million dollars with a bullet <laughs> uh half brothers i really got to figure out what that is is it in the number two slot i i just haven't heard anything about uh, this movie half brothers that uh, number three is a movie we all know quite well because it's Elf, because holiday <laughs> movies are here uh, right now, obviously. And number four is, I was wondering if either of you horror buffs have seen this, uh, the, the movie Freaky is uh, hanging in there in the top five. Yes, I did. Yeah. I, uh, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. It was one I didn't get to see in the drive-in, but I did watch on VOD and uh, really just like an intersection of my great loves uh, where it's like high school body swap and horror, just like mwah, two of my favorite things in the same place. It is kind of surprising that it hasn't happened sooner because it, uh, it is such a good idea. Um, well, think, think about how many of those movies were so big in the 80s and they were all comedies, you know, vice versa, like father, like son, big, mm -hmm. you know, like big kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Like they, the fact that someone went, didn't go genius, like, like take a serial killer situation like that. And then you get Vince Vaughn, who just completely not, not only does he elevate the role, but he gets what makes a slasher like, or even just the serial killer in a slasher iconic even just that moment in the beginning when he tilts his head oh it's great he's awesome in that movie like in a just world he would get at least a nomination for the oscars it's one of my like favorite movie things that i'm realizing i like have a trend with which is grown men playing teenage girls um like because it requires like a very specific like 
kind of like sensitivity and like empathy toward teenage girls to where it doesn't seem like campy and like valley girl voice and it's just so earnest that it's like hilarious but kind of touching like jack black as a teenage girl in jumanji was like way better than it had any right to be and like yeah and like vince vaughn is doing a lot of that and i'm realizing i think like i'm just a sucker for a grown man playing a teenage girl all right, well, hopefully there'll be a lot more of that. I, I know they're definitely making another Jumanji, but wasn't that part of the joke in Jumanji 2 is they were playing different, like they had different characters? I think so. I've only yeah, seen... They, they twisted it up so that, and then they then they added Danny Glover and, um, what is it? Uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Uh, Danny DeVito. They put those, they put both Dannys just to kind of mix it up because who doesn't want to see The Rock do... Danny DeVito. Oh, God damn. Now I got to watch Jumanji too. It's weird <laughs> how those movies, they shouldn't work. I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's like Jake Kasdan. You know, there's someone who knows how to make quality, like, like comedy, comedy, you know, like he knows mm-hmm. how to make it um, heartfelt and a little different and a little edgy and really knows you know, like his shit with actors, you know, like, so, and to have those four in the mix, they're, they're actually, they're so much better than they have any right to be, right? Oh, yeah. It's like just really understanding like why people liked the original properties and it's not so much of just like doing a straight remake, but just like, I don't know, just getting the tone and like why people found joy in them in the first place. Yeah. Well, speaking of taking the joy out of something, in the number five slot is uh, a movie that I don't care for, but a lot of people love, and that's uh, Ron Howard's Grinch. Not a fan. <laughs> it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just it's right up there with Polar Express uh, of uh, you know movies that are supposed to be cute movies for kids that are actually just terrifying. It's the it's... garbage pale kids of holiday movies. Yeah, it's the uncanny <laughs> valley that wigs you out, where it's just like almost people faces, but not quite. So like a primal part of your brain is just like, oh, get away from me. Yeah, I swear, Uncanny Valley, that expression was created because of Polar Express. Is that true? I think so. I think that's when they first started saying it. It was either Polar Express or like a Japanese sex robot. It was like (laughs) one of the two where it like got too close to people, but enough that we got uneasy. (laughs) Initially, Tom Hanks was going to play every part. (laughs) But then <laughs> when they were doing the motion capture shooting of everything, he just was like got too exhausted by the idea. So they cut he it just back. He hated all the balls on his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was weird. And that was just. Okay. So before we get into the game portion of the show, I always like to ask uh, so that the listeners can have uh, options of things to view. I always like to ask all of my guests if they could recommend if there's anything they've seen recently, especially via streaming or uh, rented from Blockbuster that, um, you know, that you would recommend. We'll start with uh, Taylor. Do you have a, a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I just watched, uh, I think it's called Sound of Metal. Oh, the, yeah. the Amazon movie with uh, Riz Ahmed. Man, it was cool. I love Riz Ahmed. I'm dying to see that. It was really cool. It's like he's a he's a metal drummer and then he goes deaf. And it's just his struggle with that. But I thought it was really well done. And, definitely, you know, he's uh, fun to watch. Definitely seems like a sound design Oscar nomination is in the cards uh, for that movie because it's very uh, immersive in terms of like kind of letting the viewer in on uh, 
Riz's uh, problem, and yeah, and he's just he's just phenomenal. He's he's so good in it. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot more uh, Oscar bait movies left uh, that I haven't gotten to yet or haven't come out yet, uh, but I really think he's a strong position for uh, best actor, uh, at least a nomination, maybe not the win. Um, what about you, Joe? Do you have anything you could recommend? Ugh, um, I might get canceled for this, but like the last movie that I saw, like I've been watching a lot, and uh, but one that I, I keep coming back to, just thinking about, uh, is that uh, movie Fat Man, the uh, Mel Gibson Santa Claus movie. Um, it's like a really good episode of the, the, that show Fargo. You know, like like where it feels Coen Brothers esque. Mm-hmm. You can just appreciate how you know the the directors. It's it's two brothers. Um, they did a movie called Small Town Crime uh, with John Hawks, which was re- again like very much like a blood simple type movie. And here, they do it with uh, the mythos of Santa Claus. And I don't know, like I enjoyed the shit out of it. But the thing that is amazing in this movie is Walton Goggins, who. I mean, he he's awesome to begin with, you know, yeah. the, the what is it? The uh, the righteous gemstones. I mean, everything he does, even all the way back to like House of a Thousand Corpses. He's always the shield like he's always been great, but he chews scenery like fucking beef jerky in this movie. <laughs> he's so fucking good, you know, and also it's I like like Christmas movies that are a little mean spirited. Like that's why Scrooge is pretty much like up there in the top three to five of my my Christmas viewings because I just oh, love Scrooge. No, Gremlins. Gremlins is a mean fucking movie. Die Hard takes no fucking prisoners. They kill fucking Tagagi with that blood splat. And you're like, ho, ho, ho. You're like, this is, is a Christmas movie. But um, Fat Man is really dark and I really appreciated it. Um, so there's that. Um, but if you want to go like way back, one of my, like, my favorite movies that I've seen like this last month is an old James Whale movie called This Old, uh, no, The Old Dark House. Um, it's on Criterion. It's the movie he made between um, uh, Frankenstein and Dracula. And um, it's a little campy. Charles Lawton's in it. Um, Boris Karloff's in it. It's fucking great. It's like funny. What's it called again? The Old Dark House. Okay. There's sequences in it that are fucking terrifying. I mean, this movie is from 1932. Um, it's on Criterion Channel right now. And it's like, it uses a lot of just like old smoke and mirrors tricks, sometimes literally. Uh, there's use of shadow in it that like, it's brilliant, you know? And I, I, it's funny because I've been watching a lot more older movies thanks to Criterion um, just to justify having that subscription. And there's a, like a real lack of appreciation for movies going way back like that. Um, where some people might be like, oh, no, I want the next elevated horror movie, you know, that's coming out this week to really just like, give me the heebie-jeebies. But what Whale does with just the most basic use of camera lighting, shadows, and I'm sitting there going, I feel as unnerved as I did when I was watching that headless corpse, like, float up into the, the like, the shack in Midsummer, You know, like, one of those just moments that, like, just chills you. And you're like, this movie was made in 1932 and it's still effective, you know? So anyway, there you go. A Mel Gibson, you know, modern right. classic. I crossed, and out, I crossed out Fat Man and wrote down. <laughs> I had to redeem awesome. myself a little bit. <laughs> uh, Vanessa, what do you think? 
Um, actually, yeah, I got, uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, YouTube movie watching, but there's one that I saw in a drive-in that I rented a couple times on YouTube. That's one of my favorite things I've ever seen, both like this year and just bar none. Uh, and it's, we are little zombies. Uh, I love the shit of that shit out of that movie. And I like, can't figure out how to describe it. Cause I've never seen anything like it. Um, it's like the, the premise is basically like, uh, some teenage Japanese orphans, like all meet each other at their parents' funerals, uh, and just decide to start a like chip tune band together. Uh, but it's so surreal and manic and weird and not like anything I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, it's so goddamn good. I cannot say enough good things about We Are Little Zombies. It kind of sounds like Fish Story a little bit. A little bit. It's it it's it's basically like uh, these vignettes of like these different kids' stories and their backgrounds, but it also takes place like video game levels. So like as every video oh game God. level goes on, it's like also them contemplating like mortality and like what it means to be alive and it's just like level unlocked uh it's so bizarre and it's one of my favorite things i've ever seen and because the director also wrote it and did the music for it it's such a cohesive idea where it's like very thoughtful uh uh like in every choice that it makes and it's only like four bucks on youtube uh but i can't stop talking about it and there's like a bizarre banjo scene that's going to be something that i think about for like the rest of my fucking life uh so we are little zombies but if you don't want to spend 4.99 to rent a movie streaming free on youtube is uh drive starring mark dacascos and uh cream hardison uh, i and love that movie so much it's one of my favorites it's uh it's it's my favorite movie called Drive, uh, and <laughs> of all the drives, it's the number one drive. Of all of the drives, it's the number one drive. It has the JD Power Award for <laughs> it has the JD Power Award for like movies that correctly utilize Mark Dacascos, yes. uh, who like most of my generation knows as like the Iron Chef America guy. Um, but who now is starting to realize is the John Wick three guy, but also has been this like incredible action star for like forever, but who's also like maybe the most charismatic human on the planet. Yep. Uh, we and had him, we had him on our podcast a couple months oh. ago and he just dripped like awesomeness. Like even she, through the zoom, you're just like, this guy is charismatic as fuck. He just and, got the drip. Yeah, <laughs> he's so like, dope. He's so awesome. And you know, what's funny is that that movie drive, I was such a huge fan of that movie. Um, when the, the movie that I just mentioned before, Everly, um, we shot uh, we shot that in Serbia, but we needed a lot of um, yak like Yakuza members in the film. Uh, and we ended up getting this stunt crew team led by the, uh, the stunt coordinator of Drive. He did all the stunts for it. And all I could talk about is how, like, cause seriously, like the stunts in Drive are, like the last 20 minutes is up there with like the Matrix shit. It's yeah. so good. Uh, and, and, and Kadeem Hardison and Mark DeCoscos have such a good chemistry together, too. That movie rules. And then you throw Brittany Murphy into the mix, who is, like, from from Go, the most unhinged character She's on screen. Bananas. <laughs> She's, like, purely unhinged. This is a movie where, like, a dude is dressed like, like, Australian boss hog vampire, and he's not the craziest person on screen. It's Brittany Murphy, and she's so good at it. All right. Well, those are some uh, amazing recommendations. Thank you for 
giving us a bunch of stuff to watch, especially the alternates that are free instead of on paid YouTube or Criterion Collection. Um, although I guess Fat Man costs money to see right now. Get it on Redbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that really that really swayed you. Yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna go get it on Redbox. But uh, I'm also going to throw to a brief commercial break because uh, we haven't done that yet. I was supposed to do that at like the halfway point, but we've been having so much fun talking that uh, we're a little behind. So we're going to take a brief commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play at least one game, maybe two. And uh, no flipping. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back, and I've prepared some uh, a couple of games to play, but uh, we used up so much of the time already that uh, I'm going to ask everybody uh, to – I still want to play this first game, uh, even though we don't have time for it. So um, we'll do it quickly. It's called How Long Is It? And it's the game where I name a thing, and then the three of you all just guess how long it was. And the closest one to going uh, to the number without going over wins. Um, doesn't matter really what order we do it in, but because you can, you know, change your mind about your bid if you want. But we'll start with Vanessa. And the question is, how long? <laughs> this is why I want to play it because the movie actually came up already. How long was the principal photography of the motion capture sequences? in the sometimes creepy, always disconcerting Tom Hanks vehicle, the Polar Express. Oh my God. I feel in, like- In months. In months. I feel like a zip drive just exploded in my brain because there's just too <laughs> many numbers. Cause it comes out, it's so weird that I can't tell if it just like happened in three months or if it was like really meticulous over nine. Uh, I'm a- you know what? I'm a. What? what? I was just gonna make a joke. Go ahead. Oh man, a joke is probably better than the math that I'm trying to do in my head. Like, how long can you have Tom Hanks for at a reasonable? You know what? I'm gonna say four months. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Joe? I'm gonna say Tom Hanks had balls on his face for eleven months. <laughs> okay, but. Let's talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Greyhound. Oh, sorry, I was talking about Greyhound, um, which is a really good movie. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say 11 months. Honestly, I think I think it because knowing like back in the day how long that shit took. Um, mm -hmm. I, I now does that mean like a, a succession of days or did they go back and forth? Because sometimes those you know those shoots have reshoots and reshoots and reshoots. 
I'm still going to say 11 months cumulative. Yeah, all I have is a period of time when uh, the, the you know when they started uh, principal photography and when they ended it, and post probably went on for who knows how long. I'm still going to say 11 months. Okay, Taylor. Well, I was going to say 11 months because <laughs> that sounds super right, but I'll go longer because it seems like that's why you're asking the question. So let's say 13 months. <laughs> Damn it. One dollar. Well, I could be asking the questions and then go, see, they only spent a week on that. Pilot. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, say 13. Okay. You're going 13 months. I'm up to six. I'm a low ball. Okay. Vanessa's locked in at six. Joe, you sticking with 11? Yeah, sure. All right. Taylor's got 13. I would have encouraged Taylor if I could, you know, but I'm trying to be fair to do the price is right thing and do, uh, you know, 11 months in one day. And then that way, anything over that would, you'd be the winner. Uh, because in fact, it took them approximately 12 months. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bid 12 because that was the dick move after 11. <laughs> uh, but that means that uh, Joe gets to go first in our next game. It's really not that big of a prize because everybody will get a chance to go first. Because wasn't it kind of like in the middle? What's that? Like the twelve months? Because you said thirty. Yeah. So this Price Is Right rules. All right. I was, yeah. I was I was rooting for you, Taylor. It's no, all you, good. You went over, man. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're going to play a game called Weird Algorithm. Uh, there's a weird algorithm on the IMDb site where you could take anything. You can take the film or a TV show, but we're talking films. You take a film and look at the cast list and then click on refine based on popularity. And then they will reorder the cast list of anything uh, in order of everyone's current popularity on the IMDb website. So things, certain bursts in people's careers, certain news about them, uh, you know, anything that drives people to go to the internet movie database and type in their name, I think is uh, the determining factor here. Uh, but it always ends up uh, still being uh, surprising to people. Uh, when they find out the order. So we'll start with Vanessa. Each person can guess, just like that last game, you can change your guess. I'll just have to lock in something eventually, and you can even agree with one of the other people if you want to. And uh, you just have to tell me uh, who you think would be the top billed person in the movie that I'm naming. If the person actually comes in at number three, you get one point. Number two, you get two points. But if they are the top build person, you get three points. Play three rounds, see who has the highest score. There's a tiebreaker ready to go. Vanessa. Okay. The first film is called Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. And who, you know, I'm going to say currently Matthew McConaughey has top billing. He certainly has uh, gotten everybody's attention by suddenly seeming like he might be Republican. Uh, with his recent remarks. <laughs> 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 I mean, the man does live in Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, and like out of that whole cast, I think he's the most recent that was like trending on Twitter. What do you think, Joe? 
I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Batfleck. Okay, I like the way you. I like the way you said that. Right. Uh, we all know who you're talking he's, about. He's always our Batman. <laughs> He'll always be our Batman. <laughs> Hashtag the Snyder Cut. You imagine like. Uh... I guess the Pattinson Batman got like closed down, or do they? Do you think they're back at work? He got the he got the he got the the COVID COVID or something like that. No, I think they're they're shooting again, but I think wasn't oh, okay. it him who got it? Yeah, it would be hilarious though if they just like were like, well, you know what? We just can't stop production; it's too expensive. So let's just have Ben Affleck fill in for a few scenes, and we're going to get the same visual effects artists who did Henry Cavill's mustache, and they're just going to CG him into the rest of the movie. It's going to be fine. Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, what about you, Taylor? Who do you think from Days and Confused uh, could potentially come out number one in a popularity contest today? I mean, I feel like it's got to be McConaughey with uh, the way Google works and all that. Okay, so you're locking in on McConaughey? Yeah. Vanessa, you still good with Matthew? I'm locking in. And uh, Joe still wants Ben Affleck? He'll always be my apples. <laughs> Just because people are curious, I'll tell you, starting from number six. Wiley Wiggins. He's <laughs> <laughs> a little lower than that, considering he got out of the acting game. Uh, but great dude, though. Uh, Parker Posey is number six. Number five is Mila Jojovic. Uh, number four, Renee Zellweger. Number three, Ben Affleck. Damn it. <laughs> Who's number two? What the fuck? Who's is number two, two Anthony Rapp? At one point. Cole no, Hauser? number two is Matthew McConaughey. Ah. Yeah. But now here's the crazy thing about this game. Number one out of that uh, cast of people that all went on to do great things. Number one is Cole Hauser. I got Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess that's because he's on that show Yellowstone. Is that popular? Uh, oh, you know what? I think it might be popular because I see sure. ads for it on Pluto TV like every four seconds. Yeah, I think it's a popular show. So I, unless he's done gotten in the news for some reason uh, that I'm not aware of, I think that might be why he's number one. So Vanessa has two, Taylor has two, and Joe has one. Joe gets to go first in this second round. And I'm already delighted that I have three players who didn't have to be reminded who's in Dazed and Confused. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little tougher, I think. X-Men, The Last Stand. X-Men, The Last Stand. Who do you think would be number one on that one, Joe? Hey, Brett Ratner. Um... I'm going to say Hugh Jackman. Okay. Wolverine himself. What do you think, Taylor? I mean, maybe, maybe Patrick Stewart. Ooh. Because of the his TV show thing. Picard. That's the one? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when I try to get a booger out, I pick hard. <laughs> now the now that character ruined for me forever. <laughs> I'd never thought of that before, and I I used to be a teenager. Um, 
<laughs> also, I screwed up. I, I shouldn't have let Vanessa go first in the first round because she didn't win the first game. But you know what? This is a friendly game, so who cares? <laughs> um, I'm just mentioning it because I don't want to get yelled at in the uh, comments section of my socials. Okay, so Taylor's going with uh, Pat Stewart. And uh, what do you think, Vanessa? I think dollars to donuts is Elliot Page. Oh, crap. Oh, shit. <laughs> I change. I, change. Yeah. I vote. I change. We all change. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're all in agreement that it's Elliot Page? I think it's dollars to donuts. That was the convincing thing. Yeah. That's a confident statement. Yeah. And also, they just hadn't thought of Elliot Page yet. <laughs> Is she in that one? I was hoping I'd sneak it past all three of you because, yes, she is in that. He. He. They are in that movie. Yeah, he was a uh, Kitty Pride. Right. Um, I was really delighted by the fact that, you know, obviously movies that are already made and out, they're not going to go back and, uh, you know, change his name. But in the case of IMDb, across the board, anything that, uh, Ellen was in now says uh, Elliot. Hell yeah, dog. I think nice. that's so cool. Uh, but yes, number one, Elliot Page. Number two, Famke Jansen. Number three, Rebecca Romaine. Four was Hugh Jackman. Uh, Patrick Stewart came in all the way at number oh, 13. Oh, damn. Oh, jeez. That's nowhere uh, near as embarrassing as- Over well. Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer, he's 37. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, shit. Fonke is higher than I thought she would be. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer is not that low, but he is, he is a, <laughs> of the main known people. He's, he's pretty deep in the list. Um, but yeah, Fonke, is she in something right now? I can't I remember. Or is she just an enduring uh, character from the series? I wonder, because I can't think of anything that she's been in recent. I mean, the last thing I think I saw her in that was like kind of recent was Hemlock Grove. I mean, yeah. she might be in some TV show none of us are currently seeing. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there's so many things now that are popular while also not, you know, it's not, it's not guaranteed everybody knows about it. Case in point, Yellowstone. Yeah. So here we go. We got one more round. Everybody agreed on that one, so uh, points. The, the order is pretty much the same. Vanessa and Taylor are winning, and uh, Joe is one point behind. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's getting and, uh, and the film that we're going to do for the third one is a classic musical motion picture called Grease. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. It wasn't a classic horror movie. No, I just had a weird fear of Grease as a child, so I never watched it. You had a fear of, like, the kinds of people that are in Grease or physical, actual Grease? Like, oh, God. Okay, so when I was a kid, my dad put in Grease and an earthquake happened. So my dumb child brain automatically assumed, like, this movie is cursed. Uh, because I don't know why I just associated with like, that is what caused it. I was young. So for like the rest <laughs> of my life, I was like afraid of the grease tape. Uh, cause I was like, that's going to make the earth shake again. Uh, and then I just never watched it. I can't believe you have your own personal ring situation. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a tape you can't watch or, or video drone. 
Okay, so uh, apologies. I'm sure you've heard about it oh, in, yeah. the, in the schoolyard uh, and around the halls. Uh, so, uh, but you don't have to guess first, right? Or yeah, you do. Uh, no, you don't. It's actually uh, Taylor's turn to guess first. Taylor, hmm. what do you think? I mean, it's got to be hard to beat Travolta. I'm just going to start there and see what everyone else says. Oh, I like that strategy. Uh, Vanessa? All right. So I only know like two, maximum three names in it. So I'm going to go with uh, Olivia Newton-John. She is definitely in it. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? I'm uh, Cause watch, it's gonna be like Jeff Conway or something. Watch. Uh, I, I you know what? I think I'm gonna go with Travolta too. I think I think Travolta's still always talked about and he's always on that pop culture bubble. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I think I'm gonna go with, with, with uh the fanatic himself. All right. Well Vanessa's uh going with uh O and J, so that'll uh, that'll definitely uh, give us an outcome. Yeah, I just listened to physical a bunch, so she's like on my mind. <laughs> uh, all right, coming in at number seven, the aforementioned Jeff Conaway <laughs> <laughs> with a bullet. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to say, Vanessa, that Olivia Newton-John only pulled up to number six. Damn. Five was the great Lorenzo Lamas. Oh. For the even greater Eddie Deason. Hey, lady. <laughs> Professional nerd. <laughs> also, also in the Polar Express. Polar Express, yeah. The, the, probably the most irritating voice and character <laughs> in Polar Express. Oh, God, I remember that kid. Number three, because she was uh, 30 when they made Grease, Stalker Channing. And then uh, coming in at number two is Johnny Travs. John Travolta. Oh my God! Two, I know, I know who's number one. You do? Who do you think it is? Well, because I just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it because I can't fucking believe it, but go Man. ahead. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> number one for playing an uncredited school athlete because IMDb loves to uh, throw uncredited people into their uh, list is Michael Bean. Oh my God. Yeah. Because of the Mandalorian, right? All right. It's gotta be, yeah. Mandalorian is so huge that anybody guest stars on it uh, rockets to the uh, top of the popularity lists on IMDb. So congratulations. Wow. Michael, Michael Bean taking to, a shit on the rest of the crew. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor wins the game. Congratulations. Woo! Hell yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, just for fun, real quick, uh, would you rather do, Joe, would you rather know the rankings of your, your films as an actor or your films as a director? Uh, actor. Okay. Uh, as an actor, what do you think is your number one? Um, I'm going to go with Mayhem. It's Frozen because you play guy on chairlift number two, uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I am the Michael Bean of Frozen. I'm so sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, let's do the plugs. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll start with Taylor Morden, director of the last blockbuster in wherever you're finding movies these days uh, this Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's about it for my plugs. You can follow <laughs> us on Twitter oh, at last block doc. What's that? Last block doc on Twitter and last blockbuster movie on the other social medias. All right, cool. And you also have a um, an event like a watch party event coming up. Yeah, yeah. This next Friday, um, we're doing a live kind of audio commentary from Blockbuster with the folks over at Film Threat. So we'll have Sandy, the manager, uh, live watching the movie in the store, and we're all going to talk about it. People can submit questions and whatnot. Yeah, where can they see that? Uh, it's at Film Threat, so it's on their YouTube channel. Cool. Yeah. I'm so checking um, that out. Joe Lynch, what do you got going on? Let's, should we just make it all about uh, Yorkie-thon? Yeah, I mean, well, after you're done watching the amazing live stream of Taylor uh, watching uh, The Last Blockbuster on Friday, uh, head on over to aeriescope.com. It's the same weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so, but hey, you know what? Like, there's a one-time only moment that you'll get. You can get 46 more hours of Adam Green and I <laughs> super jabbering away uh, to save uh, to save some dogs' lives. Uh, go to aeriescope.com and glad backslash or one of those slashes uh, Yorkiethon. Uh, you'll be able to get the link there. There's a silent auction that we have every year where people donate stuff, and uh, it, it does a lot for the uh, the cause. Uh, and we'll just listen in and listen to us uh, try to stay awake so that they don't get put to sleep. It's a good quote. What can I say? Hey, could you spell Aeriscope for everybody? That would be A-R-I-E-S-C-O-P-E dot com. Yeah. Thanks. And definitely listen to Doug uh, on there. Uh, I can't. We usually don't release the guests and when they're going to be, but sometime around Saturday, if you're not too busy, uh, maybe a familiar voice. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yes, uh, it's going to be great to have you back on, Doug. Thank you so much for doing it again. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, tell Adam that I'm, I'm uh, super excited to participate. And maybe for, the, maybe for the auction, maybe I'll bring some stuff to give away, you know, to auction off and I'll, you know, show it when I get there and then you guys can mail it to the winner. Sure. Yeah. And, and by that, when you give it to us, we're not going to send that. We're going to keep that shit. What are you crazy? <laughs> no, nice definitely. That'd be great. <laughs> I got some good Taylor Swift swag. I want to get rid of. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh no. Wow. Really? That's, that's how bad the new album is. No, no, no. It's, this is, a, this is something I got a long time ago that you're going to love it. Done. Sold. <laughs> I got to remember to bring it. Uh, Vanessa Guerrero, the podcast hey. is called Kicking and Screaming. It's about Will Ferrell. Uh, it's only about that Will Ferrell movie. Uh, <laughs> it's we, either about the Noah Baumbach movie or the Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> it's about both, and we alternate it, and we have 12 episodes in which we just like watch them individually and then together, uh, and then uh, drive ourselves insane trying to figure out if they're tied in any way. Uh, 
No, you can uh, check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think if you type in Kicking and Screaming, a podcast that Jenna Elfman does with her son comes up first. Uh, So we're the one with pictures of like fists and knives on it. Uh, You can find our socials on Kick Scream Pod under anything. If you like horror or martial arts or if you're like new to the genres, it's like a perfect entry point too. Uh, So it's, it's, it's great if it's something that you're like starting to get into. Um, I, I love it so much. And personally, my favorite thing is just guests bringing movies that I haven't seen before. Um, I'd love to have absolutely all of you on. Cause anytime I find something new, I'm just so thankful for it. Recently, somebody showed me a movie called three dev Adam, uh, which is a Turkish movie in which captain America and El Santo fight Spider-Man. Um, and I wouldn't find weird shit like that without like the guests that come on. So that's my favorite part about doing it well thank you vanessa it was great having you here all three of you are terrific guests and thank uh, you anytime thank you. you want to come by uh let me know december 26th is when i'm doing my next uh live internet stand-up smoke sesh uh rushticks.com is where you go for tickets we'll even play a game from douglas movies on that particular show so you can watch us play instead of just listening to us do it. That's rushticks.com. Kaka! <laughs> and uh, I close every uh, episode now with the last line from a film. And in this particular case, it's a crazy obvious one that everyone will know. Uh, so you don't have to bother guessing. <laughs> As always, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold, his viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room in his heart for you, cause Doug loves movies.